Okay, hey guys, welcome back to Through the Teenage Mind. Today it is just Alex and Blake here, and this podcast episode is going to be part one of three. We'll be talking about the play Disgraced um, by Ayad Akhtar. Sorry if I butchered that name. (laughs) All right, so yeah, we're just going to kind of be diving into what the play is about and kind of what we've taken from the play. So the first question is going to be like, what is the difference between individual and systematic racism? And which do you believe is harder to overcome? Um, individual racism is more like personal views towards members of society. It's not um, necessarily like, it's not institutional racism, which is laws or like, like it's not, codes. yeah, not racism that like you find through like the government and like the laws that are being made and right. specific rules or whatever that are being made. Um, I feel like individuals like what some what one person believes. Yeah, it's right? what one person is what the individual believes. More just where you get individual racism from. Yeah, um, um, I think individual racism is harder to overcome because yeah. systematic racism. Yeah, you can. Um, to handle that, you can change the laws given that the people behind the laws are willing to and that they don't have, in, yeah. they're not individual racism. I feel like, um, yeah, you're able to, um, <laughs> you're able to overcome systematic racism, I think, a lot easier because, you know, all you have to do is really, um, <laughs> All you have to really do is, like, change the laws um, or whatever kind of is. Which is easier said than done. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely easier said than done. However, I feel like that's a lot easier than, say, um, changing Changing. your your view, right? Changing the way you were raised. Yeah, because that's that's changing, like, everything that you kind of know. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely 100% agree that um, yeah. systematic racism is a lot harder to overcome. Individual racism. No, is sorry. Yes, individual racism is overcome than systematic racism. <laughs> um, okay. So, what are like some differences in values um, and beliefs across different generations? Um, I think starting like traditional family structure, like older generations. Oh yeah. Like husband, wife. Um, multiple kids usually yeah. or at least one kid um, now like you see couples uh, well first I would say like the more recent generations are more accepting of like uh, the LGBT community mm-hmm. and then um, like uh, they're less likely to have kids they don't want them as much because it's too expensive to yeah. take care of kids now well, so I feel like in previous generations, um, it was family was super, super important, right? You saw people getting married at a much younger age, which then um, meant that uh, they were having kids at a much younger age. And yeah, you definitely saw like the mother staying home, the father going out and earning the money. And on average, you know, most families had around two kids. Um, whereas now people are waiting to get married, waiting to have kids, waiting to have kids. Yeah. If they have kids, they usually want to kind of like settle down first and they want to like figure themselves out yeah, first and then they'll get married and have kids. So I feel like definitely it, it's getting pushed. It's not as important anymore as it was 
much less earlier um, in ge- earlier generations. I think another thing though is gender roles. As Definitely. you know, as you know, as basic as it sounds, I think how people view women um, has like completely changed over time. Because in earlier generations, you know, the only purpose for a woman was to stay home, have the kids, take care of the family, take care of the house. Um, do the everyday tasks and it was like the job or the, the men's job to go out and make money um, to provide for the family to make the rules for the family and I think now it, it, it's still because it was so ingrained in our society and culture that that's how it had to be that I think there's still a lot of that scene today however society is more like accepting of men staying home women it's encouraged that women go out and get jobs too however it's also still widely believed that the women should stay home and take care of the kids but also have a job at the same time so that just makes it like yeah i definitely i definitely think you know yes we've made some progress but we're not as far as we should be like we're not as far as we think we are yeah yeah you definitely see you know you definitely see more women staying home than you do men um, yeah, there are, like, stay-at-home dads and all that, but you do... Not as prevalent. But, yeah, they're not as prevalent, and it's not, you know, as widely accepted for that to be the case. Um, it's mo- It's... You... It's more common to see the stay-at-home mom than it is to see a stay-at-home, stay-at-home dad. Um, now, women are, you know, going out and getting jobs and getting an education and providing for themselves and for the, for the families... But it's just not as widely accepted um, as we think it is. Yeah. Okay. The next question is, um, what is assimilation and what are the advantages and disadvantages of it? Um, assimilation is like, um, I think in this sense, it's like cultural assimilation. It's like when uh, you grew up. Well, like Amir in the book, he grew up in the Middle East. I don't believe it like specifically said what country, but he grew up um, with uh, Islam as the main religion. Yeah. Um, the then like Muslim culture and society, and then when he moved to America, he changed his last name to mm-hmm. seem more uh, not to seem more American because he changed his last name to a common last name of an Indian region, but. Um, he didn't want, yeah. But, he changed his name so he wasn't kind of regarded as, like, Islamic. And um, he did everything he could to seem not foreign, I guess. Yeah, he did everything in his power to kind of get away from the religion that he kind of grew up in. And... Um, you're definitely able to see this because, like he said, he, um, like Blake said, he definitely changed his last name. He decided to not um, get involved in, um, like, a trial. Yes, it was a trial for a Muslim religious leader mm-hmm. who was on trial, but, um, and he didn't want to join the trial so because he, he didn't want to be seen as aiding a terrorist. The religious leader wasn't a terrorist, but that's how he was being painted as. Yeah. Even though, but however, his wife, Emily, forced him, or kind of talked him into doing it, and that ruined his job, his career, basically. Yeah, like, he did absolutely everything in his power to kind of get away from it. Um, 
which I feel like we still kind of do see today. Definitely, because like society isn't. Even if society says they're accepting, they're, they're not. not accepting of other cultures, especially in America. Like Christian ideals are heavily seen in politics, um, just society as a whole, and can and it's kind of like anti other religion, even though it's not like outrightly spoken. Yeah. All right. Can someone have a valid opinion over a religion that they have not been a part of? Um. I think they can to an extent. Like, I think someone, like, if you know, if you've studied the religion, like, the culture around it, you can have an opinion on, like, let's say, like, the values of it. Yeah. But if you haven't first, like, lived it yourself or practiced the religion, I don't think you can go around, like, preaching the ideals of said religion or, like, um, entertaining, like, the, like, lore of it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, yes, you can have an opinion. You can honestly have an opinion about anything. Um, I don't think it's going to be completely, you know, a completely valuable opinion. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of, like, facts behind it. I think it's just going to be kind of like that surface level. Um, and you're able to see this with, like, Amir and... Um, Emily. And Emily, yeah. And Isaac. And Isaac, and honestly, everyone. And disgrace. Because they're all kind of... They all had their opinion about um, Islamic traditions, and I think in the end, Amir is the only one who who has a valid opinion because, because he he's grew one up who, there. who yeah who grew up in it who lived with it. Whereas Emily, she had a very big opinion about this. However, she, her opinion wasn't necessarily completely valid. Because she didn't have any experience with it except for what Amir told her, which, you know, might have not been the whole truth. Yeah, like, uh, Emily, she praised and, like, preached the Islamic, like, uh, art styles, um, yet, and she, like, praised the Islamic religion at the uh, behest, I think is the right word, of Amir, who hated her doing that, yet she continued and she loved it seemed like she loved everything about islam but she would not join islam like she wasn't a member and same with isaac too he did the exact same thing they all judged him all judged amir for not wanting to be part of the islamic um culture because they didn't completely understand what was involved with it yeah and the struggle that came with it Yet, they all had their opinions about it. And they all, like, judged him for it. Okay, the next question is, why was it so controversial for Amir to attend the trial? Like, do you think that this was a major source of tension between um, Emily and Amir? Um, I think it was so controversial for Amir to ten- attend the trial because, um, uh, like I said earlier, the religious leader was seen as, like, um, a terrorist, even though he wasn't wasn't really. And so Amir going to defend him looked bad on uh, the law firm he worked for. And um, he just, it didn't look good. And so when the newspapers got a hold of it, got a hold of him going to the trial, uh, they pointed it as him representing... uh, the law firm. However, Amir didn't even go to testify. He just showed up. 
on yeah. like behalf of himself, not the law firm, even though that's how it was painted. And I think it was a source of tension in a source of tension between him and Emily because that cost them um, a partnership in the law firm because the media painted painted it as like um, bad on the part of the law firm. Amir lost his chance to achieve his dreams. Yeah. I I think another reason why it was so controversial was because Amir did leave the religion. Like, he left all that behind, and he was kind of going back into it. Yeah. And, like, and like trying to defend someone of that religion when that's not... No, I don't even think he was going to defend. He was just going to say... Or just, like, to be there. Yeah. Like, he just support. showed up. Yeah. But what didn't Emily want him to defend? Emily and, wanted him yeah. to go and defend him. And Amir didn't even want to be in the he presence didn't want even to be, yeah, of the trial. To be there. Because he knew what it could like what the effect it could have on um his job. Like Amir was one hundred percent like he knew what um could happen. Uh like he knew America's kind of opinion about Islam, Islamic, yeah. you know, traditions and stuff. Because like he had said in the, in the play, when he went to airports, he would automatically like, offer himself up to be searched. Because in his mind, he knew this is going to happen regardless, so why not... Stop just, it now. Yeah, why not just kind of like be like, okay, hey, I'm here, yet, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. And so Amir knew what could come up being at the trial and defending um, because he... He knew, you know, the opinions that people had about him and his... Religion. Religion, but that wasn't... But not even it wasn't his religion. his religion. It was just a, the color of his skin. And yeah. His, uh, and where he grew up. Where he grew up. Or where he was born, at least, yeah. Okay. Um, the last question is, um, how do social justice and legal justice conflict? Um, oftentimes, social justice is usually arises out of legal injustice yeah so like legal justice is word for word the law what the law says following it to a t but yeah there's like no like in social justice like uh for example like in the civil rights movement was um people rising up against the unjust legal system or Mm -hmm. the civil rights movement was unjust everything towards the african-american community and um they usually conflict because the legal justice causes social justice legal injustice causes social usually when there is an issue with the legal system or the laws that are being made um that's when people kind of come together and search for social justice so they rarely ever go hand in hand like, they usually yeah. are completely separate, mm-hmm. op, you know, opposite ends of the scale. Um, and that's just kind of, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> like how it is. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I think Disgraced um, did a good job at kind of... Um, Portraying uh, the, yeah. like, kind of inequality, like, we see today. Well, not inequality, but, like... The hypocrisy, kind of. Oh, yeah. 
of sure. society. And because even though we might not want to admit to it, I feel like that still happens like today with people. Like any religion. Viewing, how, like negatively viewing people of other backgrounds and cultures. Yeah, without even understanding any of it. Right? Like, I feel like a lot of people um, only really believe in what they want to believe in, and they don't take the time to kind of understand somebody, where somebody else comes from. Hmm? And that's kind of where I think it definitely, you're, that I think Disgrace did like, a good job of kind of um, showing that um, and all that. So, that was the end of our analysis for Disgraced. We have two more parts coming in this series. Hopefully Clara. Next Clara time, should be with us. Next time, the next two, Clara will be back. Uh, she's at an art uh, field trip today, so she stuck with us too. But um, yeah, I, we will see you all next time.